Hey, this is Jonah. Um, you're about to hear a great podcast, but stick around to the end because there's a bonus track by someone very special. Hi, and welcome to Going Off Track. My name is Jonah. That's Jonah Bear. Jonah Bear. For those of you who are just tuning into this for the very first time. Yeah, this is episode 200. This is... 14 or something something like that. that. Sorry that we're so vague. We we work on these a little bit in advance sometimes. Yeah, but you know why? You know, that's good for you, though, because if you'll notice, never really a gap in podcasts because we always have a bunch done. But we have to go back through and kind of reintroduce them. We sometimes do what's called stockpiling. Yeah. We'll do sometimes... Th- we've done three in a day. That's the most. We've though, done right? th- the most we've done is three in a day. I, I generally like to do two in a day because it's kind of mm-hmm. nice if I'm, you know... Times out well. To be honest, if I'm being 100% honest, lately I've been coming to Rubber Tracks and doing zero a day. <laughs> I'll just come in here between yoga or something and I'll just come freeload, drink coffee, hang out. <laughs> Do some work. Yeah, we do this at Converse Rubber Tracks, which yes. is um, very generous of them. Seems how I I should be working right now. Yeah. I am working. You are working. Promoting the studio. Yeah, promoting the studio. By the way, um, if you want to record here or in Boston, Converse.com slash Rubber Tracks. You can apply, record your band for free. A lot of cool bands coming in and out. We very saw, cool. Just was here the other day and yesterday and saw Jamie Kilstein. Jamie was here doing uh, a pretty amazing song. I heard a little bit. It sounded pretty cool. <laughs> Not political at all. That guy doesn't know anything <laughs> about politics. But yeah, so a lot of a lot of former going off track guests recording here. We heard K- Kristen Control recording the other day. She was rehearsing. Yeah. Rehearsing. Yeah, she yeah. was rehearsing next door. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of we're bringing in a lot of like love just love baby. a lot of love we're bringing a lot of love into the studio um, um speaking of love man this next guest today is all about love <laughs> and i'm not talking about dan Ozzie, <laughs> who's 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 also great but i'm talking about chris conley from saves a day i don't know how many times chris has been on the podcast um but basically every time he's in the town he hits me up says he wants to come in and we always have incredible conversations and he's got stuff to talk about man he's got a lot to talk about he's got such a refreshing and trippy viewpoint on life that's 100 percent sincere and so yeah for this one uh chris came in and yeah guest host dan ozzy from noisy and uh you know what's funny is dan wasn't supposed to be here dan came got the times mixed up or something got canceled and he showed up and he was like are we doing this thing and i was like no but chris is here and so we just ended up all doing a podcast together. Oh, that's right. I yeah, forgot. it was it totally was coincidental. Day. And now I think this is going to come a thing whenever Chris is in town because we had so much fun. She's going to show up and hope that yeah something happening because it's fun. It's like a, it's like everyone's like Chris is always here doing some kind of like music thing or like he's kind of in and out. So it's like a, just a good excuse to just hang out for an hour. Yeah, man. And it's also like then everyone gets to hear hear it. So it's kind of like a win win for everyone. Chris loves doing it. Everybody gets to hear you guys hanging out. Yeah. How lucky are you guys? You get to hear what it's like to hang out with me without actually having to do it, which is not nearly as cool. <laughs> Trust me. You'd be... <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, Chris is... Um, yeah, I think he said he was doing another Two Tongues record with Max. He's, he's doing a... It's been Narcs with Jeff and Danny from Mission Chinese and Mission Cantina. And Saves the Day is always doing stuff. Um, so many classic records from those guys. I, Chris is just... Yeah. 
a very uh, prolific and amazing songwriter. And uh, yeah, it was always a pleasure to speak to him. So yeah, let's listen to the latest episode of Going Off Track with Saves the Day's Chris Conley. Well, I'm glad you're here. Me too. I'm glad, this is yeah. Fun. What a little serendipitous little moment we yeah, have. Yeah, we are. So we're here with Chris Conley. Howdy. And Dan Ozzie. Hey. And Dan was supposed to come tomorrow. But here I but am. But here he is. 24 and, hours punctual. And it worked out great <laughs> because we're all friends. We're all friends here. Um, Chris, what's up with you, man? It's been a little while. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm happy to be in town. I came into town for a surprise party for Danny Bowen. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had a surprise party and then Who a surprise the, uh, show. Mission, Mission Chinese here Right, in New York. right. If you don't know, Danny's a sick, uh, world-renowned chef and a sick punk drummer. And we have a sick punk band called Narcs. <laughs> And we played a surprise Narcs gig at his surprise party. But it really just turned into a jam session with this jazz drummer that was there. Okay. Because after everybody went to start eating pizza, I stayed up on stage and jammed with this guy. It's like old guy. I don't know who he was, why he was there, but we jammed. We jammed hard. <laughs> That's a very you thing. I oh, gosh, yeah. I kind of wish that it, there was just some place to go to continually jam mm. and not have to sleep. I agree. So, uh, like hammocks in the back. Was right. it at the same spot where you guys? I saw you guys last time. No, this was at Delancey. Have you okay. been there? Yeah, pretty cool. That was where I think the first UN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff said that. Yeah, downstairs. I think our first New York show was down the basement. Yeah, it was like probably like five years ago. That's a cool spot down there too. Yeah, it was weird. Though. I remember we played downstairs with like Hope Conspirates or something, and then there was like a dance party upstairs. Yeah. yeah. We played up there okay, in the like bar section. I don't think I ever made it up there. There was a stage that was like the size of like a twin bed. Okay. <laughs> That's where it was set up on. It was really fun. And upstairs there was like a an after party in what looked like a rainforest. Wow. Upstairs on the roof. Nice. It was fun. It was spiritual. Cool. Yes. You're a very spiritual guy. Yeah. And Chris, by the way, constantly. I should point out, is sitting Indian style on his chair. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he has a... Like a almost like a tie dye hooded. Uh, oh, this uh, is definitely tie dye. Tie dye sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, um, and he just looks zen as hell. <laughs> zen is the word I would it use. Is. To you know, it. I, I was chilling, chilling. I oh, whenever I see you, I always think of the pink hair era. Yeah, Chris Conley. That was a good era. It was. Yeah, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the beginning of now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this Chris started then. Yeah. How did you? How did you? Sorry to cut you off. Oh, sorry. How did you get into? (laughs) How did you get into punk? Uh, I mean, what sort of? Because we've talked about this a lot. I feel like, like when I did that anniversary piece on like "Stay What You Are," yeah, sort of like what Eastern thought and all that stuff. I mean, when you say that was sort of the beginning, I mean, what sort was that sort of like post the accident? Like, yeah, I mean, I think so. But there was like this thing dawning on me. like midway through high school, maybe I was like around 16 or 17, right around when we started doing saves. Um, my eyes were just like opening up to like how crazy weird life was. You know what I mean? You know, just like looking at the sky and just being dumbfounded or more like awestruck, you know? Wow, it's blue. What? Like weird. It's so simple, but it's so cool. And then, um, that just kind of joy was growing in me. And that, I remember it in hindsight, I felt as a little kid growing up on this farm. I was all alone, this huge farm. My parents were always working, and I was outside all the time just, like, playing in the creek and 
looking at frogs and stuff and life was really magical you know which it is um just like kind of lost it in the uh the, after going to school and being teased blah 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 and i start to come into my own and i'm like 17 and i rediscovered the like magic of life and then yeah we go on tour life's becoming more and more awesome and then we have that crazy van accident which was gnarly because just like woke up out of i was asleep and woke up and it was just like screaming and we're flipping over and all of a sudden there's like blood on the snow and broken bones and stuff and that was i mean it was definitely a wake-up call i think but i think it's sort of it was just all wrapped up in just my relationship with life so i think maybe the accident was like a hey pay attention more closely um and then you know rock and roll we might have been on tour with alkaline trio and newfound glory and I don't know, there might have been smoky backstages. I don't know <laughs> what was put in my drink, but, um, you know, sometimes <clears throat> you see things through uh, different different eyes. Yeah. If, the, if there's um, a spiked drink, that I might have had a drink spiked. That might have had something to do with it back then. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. So somebody might Texas have inadvertently... Medicine paved the life path for you by putting something in your drink. Yeah, or at least I'll dodge it that by mm-hmm. saying, yeah, mm-hmm. it must have been put in my drink. Well, Dan's always talking about his psychedelic experiences. Yeah, you know how I'm regularly <laughs> having them. No, I feel like reading Chris's tweets are the closest that I come to psychedelic <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good representation of what yeah. it's like, actually. Yeah, I definitely feel like I am actually tripping on life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really do feel like that constantly. And, and How? Like life, like the magic, ex- the experience of life being this weird, surreal, magical thing. Like I wake up and it's there mm-hmm. and it's gnarly and you could feel it. You close your eyes, you feel it in you. You could listen and hear it. You know, like what is sound? You know, what is vision? Where do you live again, Chris? I live in Chico, California. Okay. Which is good for yeah. like hecky I feel like when you live in the city... It just beats it out of you. It It's just like no time to think about anything like ethereal, you know? I remember when I moved out west, I had been living in Manhattan and Brooklyn for a couple years. And I was like living underground, actually, in like an apartment underground. And it did feel like that. You know, I had my like Buddhist books and, you know, burning the incense. But there's not a lot of sense of the magic of life when everybody's just running around trying to get to work, you know? And, uh... The sky's fallen. And I went out to Chico, and it's just a slow pace of life. It's really beautiful there. Um, there's, uh, I mean, it's a lot of the hippies from, like, the Haight-Ashbury scene just moved up that way mm-hmm. once San Francisco got a little crowded. So there's, like, um, a culture there that's sort of already spiritual. And so suddenly I was surrounded by people who were like, cool, man, you want to go throw a frisbee? That's awesome. That does sound awesome. Yeah, and it's worked for me, and I didn't realize that was more my, like, speed. And growing up on the East Coast, it was like, I felt, I think I got, like, um, tensed Mm -hmm. up, you know? Uncomfortable. Um, So, yeah, Chico's nice for that. But I have realized that um, the feeling is kind of everywhere if you stay focused on it. Like, if you stay paying attention to how amazing life is and that's hard you know because we're all like bogged down by the the day-to-day so what can you like sort of walk us through 
your day, what you're doing and sort of like where you're at mentally when you're... Yeah, typically <clears throat> I'll wake up and... Um, what time? It really depends. Like you were saying how you woke up at four in the morning this morning. Mm-hmm. You had this idea and you right. started writing. This that is Dan. Ha- I woke up at like 11. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot to me. In fact, I had that moment last night as well. And then I just went back to sleep. Um, but I wasn't doing any deep writing or anything. Um, but so I'll wake up and um, typically, let's say I'm at home. Uh, I have to get my daughter to school. This first things first. You know, get the day ready, get her off to school, you know, make sure she shows up and everything's great, going to be great for her. And then I go to my studio and on the way back, I'm either listening to the uh, rock music or NPR. Or going off track. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly, a, <fun> <laughs> uh, a rad podcast. And um, depending on, I really like like what each day sort of presents on its own as if it were um, like a surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, well, what are they talking about on the radio today? Or what song am I randomly going to hear? And sometimes that'll just make me think about something. I'm not really intending to have a certain kind of day. I know I'm going to get to work and work on music or sing or something. Um, but typically, um, I start uh, just... Th- if I'm listening to the news... I'll start thinking about the world, right? Okay, so instantly, this is a really weird thing that happens in my mind. Instantly, I realize that I'm thinking of the world, but it's just a thought. I know this is weird. So I dismiss it. Mm -hmm. Because why think about something if it's not real? So this is like how I go through my day constantly. Um, It's very rare that I'll like let my mind wander into something i know this is so it's like a meditative type of thing constantly Mm. like constantly and i had to i didn't intend to like develop that kind of mind but i had to because of like anxiety and stuff like my mind was so worried that i had to stay on top of it and this is like 12 years ago when i really had to like take care of it because i was um you know depressed anxious like everybody sure (laughs) human yeah. Um, but mine was like so intense that I had to like just stay with it and so that it wouldn't become like overwhelming, like have a panic attack. So is your goal to just not think about anything? Like what do you, what yes. do you think of? It's, and it's not a goal. It's that, um, it's like, I noticed like, oh, I'm thinking about something that is comp- a total figment of my imagination. Um, so, so the, and it's true. Like it's truly, completely made up. When you so, say like something that's a figment of your imagination, what do you mean? Like, let's say the world outside this room right now. Mm-hmm. Like we assume it's there, and it's there, ish. Mm-hmm. But it's not really right now. This is really weird, right? So I, this is how I live my day all the time. So I set a thousand alarms so that I can wake up on time, get my daughter to school. <laughs> and then I have my, I have like starting at two o'clock, I have an alarm that goes off every five minutes <laughs> because I'm constantly in this place where I'm not thinking. If I don't have something to remind me like 15 times, go get her at school. Mm. Like I will be in a place where, um, I'm not noticing time or anything that's not there in the moment. Uh, and it's become really, really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really cool. I have like really weird theories about how it, it, um, 
affects the world around you. I imagine you don't pay attention to like politics or things like that. I right? like it. Yeah. Um, I don't think much about it. I mean, I feel the same way about it as everybody. You know, we want a happy world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I definitely, yeah, I mean, I can go there with the political conversation and talk about it and think about it. Um, but yeah, typically if I'm having a conversation about that, I found that my, I can utilize my mind almost like a tool, you know, like, Oh, I'm going to pick it up and use it right now. But typically I just like let it rest because otherwise it's just like making shit up. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so I have like these two ideas of like my favorite way that I like to be in my mind is either like a clear mind, which to me feels like a clear blue sky, Mm -hmm. like just clear, nothing, not good, not bad. It's sort of, I mean, when I'm there, I'm I'm in awe of it. So it's very beautiful. But then the other state of mind that I really like is just like pure joy, like real joy. And I found that that um, is harder, you know, because like life is so hard. The like roof will just spring a leak. You know, or like the other day I like show up, uh, I show up at the gym and I park the car and, uh, and I hear this like loud bang and I'm like, what, (laughs) what just happened? And I look over to the right and the window of the, of the door, the window just like fallen into the door, you know, just like fell out of its whatever Mm -hmm. machinery was in there and just fell in. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to the gym right now. Because I can't just like leave my car completely open. So I go and deal with that. You know, so, so there's always like these things coming up or some bill, you know, you get a call yeah. and you're like, hey, this was, nobody paid this. Right. You're like, oh, oh so boy. When, when things like that happen, when your window slips into the door, when you, when your roof springs a leak. Yeah. Do you feel like you're ill-equipped to deal with those because you're not thinking about things or are you better equipped because you're in a good place mentally i think i have figured out that um like we all learn how to do those things like look both ways before you cross the street so like in a crisis situation typically you know what to do you know and so like roof springs a leak call the roof guy because I don't know how to do that. Like the door of the car was nice because my, my good friend in uh, Chico is like, I could take apart a car guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, so I call him. I'm like, Rob, <laughs> the window fell out of the door. He's like, I got you, dude. <laughs> don't worry. He shows up. He's like, takes apart the whole door. And I'm just watching him. I'm like, I don't understand how you can do this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching it like a fan. <laughs> um, so so uh, there are times when uh, I have to take care of the leak and stuff. And, you know, I could do a little, if I replaced a toilet once, you know, we, we had to do that. And I, I did all that myself. That was, I was proud. It wasn't a good job, but this is so an I could accomplishment. Do, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm like a pretty, pretty simple guy, <clears throat> but then, uh, in terms of like the things where I will consciously like utilize my mental energy is typically like my work, my, like the mm-hmm. music. I love to use my mind for that stuff, the ideas and stuff. And more and more nowadays, like I don't really think much about the, like spiritual stuff. I become so like obsessed with what it is right now, like what is actually happening. I read this thing maybe yesterday that was somebody said, the real mystery of the world is in the visible and not the invisible. And I thought that was so cool because it's, I mean, that's like the tripping on life aspect of how I feel. Just, wow, 
It's amazing. So, so this is where you're at now, but I feel like, how do you, like, I was seeing someone for a while that was doing a lot of like inner child therapy type stuff. And I was actually on road trip this weekend and, um, the girls that said the ups and downs comp. Yeah. So we were listening, like, I'm sorry, I'm leaving. And I was like, this is like, so like you're talking about staying in bed, like not wanting to go out, like cancel it on too. I mean, how do you sort of relate to that Chris? Do you still feel like he's inside you? Oh yeah. I feel, I feel for him. Like I love him so much. I wish I can, I, you know, you can be there for them. You think back on how they felt at that point in your mind. I'm like, it's okay, buddy. Uh, I had a really amazing moment where, like, I saw the inner child thing in, like, a quiet, reflective moment. I was being, like, meditative, blah, blah, blah. But um, I had this moment where I saw the, like, inner child guy. It was, like, me and I was, like, maybe 11 or so, 12 probably, and sitting on a bench outside of the school where I went my whole life, and no one was around. It was, like, a nice day. And he was just sitting there on the bench all by himself, like head down, really sad, totally alone. And I walked up to him and put my arm around him and gave him a hug. And at the time, it made me cry, you know, because I felt I felt like his pain. Because I think I realized like that was part of the problem. You don't like get reassured when you're a kid, at least in our culture. We're not like, it's OK, buddy. <laughs> this is tough, you know. We're just kind of like, get out there and do it, and you better shape up or you're you're done. And so I kind of had this moment where I reconnected with that guy, and it felt, it was so healing. It was awesome. And now I kind of feel like it, that's like maybe part of time travel, because you can go back. You can remember those things and heal the moment, and it's still in you, you know, and then you can hold yourself in there. And I feel like maybe we just needed a hug. You know? Yeah, totally. And there's times when you you have to be told, don't do that, too. And that stuff, I don't, you know, I'm just glad I learned that. I don't feel bad for myself in the moments where I had to be, like, scolded by life. Were you like, Chris, don't sign to Victory Records, whatever you do. (laughs) (laughs) Victory passed on us, man. Really? Yes. Miraculously. (laughs) Thank goodness. So when when you spend this time thinking about your younger self and... Do you apply that to being a parent? Oh, a hundred percent. What kind of parent are you? I'm a parent where I'm like, I want to be there for her, like emotionally, with every step of the way. Like, how was that? Um, you know, how do you feel about that? You know, if she needs to, if she had a hard day or she didn't get the part she wanted in the play and she's upset, you know, I, I relate. You know, I'm not like trying to tell her how to feel. I'm just trying to ask her how she feels. And because I'm not like afraid of what she's might go through, I feel like I'm a very safe place for her and she can just work through it and bounce back. And I think people are so, um, so good at adapting, you know, we, we really can survive so many things. So, um, and the worst thing she's ever gone through is the stuff we went through in, on the playground, you know, getting teased and stuff like that, like that we all do. A cool thing I've noticed as a parent is I think nowadays they're really helping people to learn to like see each other and hear each other and be there and not be the bully. You know, people aren't left out as much. So it's definitely re- like bullying has definitely gotten like a very bad stigma to it yeah because it's evil as hell Mm -hmm. man Mm -hmm. it's like the dare program now teaches about bullying yeah 
So I think yeah, I think that's so important. It's like, what if we were all there for each other? And then th- if people are real jerks, then they have to be told, like, yeah. can't do that. Do you think it's a nature versus nurture thing of like, I mean, it, sometimes, it, I mean, I remember being a kid and I remember being bullied and I remember like maybe doing some bullying myself oh, yeah. and just looking back, I'm just like, was that, is that just like in kids nature to like tease kids who are, they perceive as different or threatening to them or like what? I wonder how, how all this all got started, but, um. I don't know if it's in people's nature to like tease. I think it's in our nature to notice differences, you know, and to sometimes be like, oh, that's weird or funny, you know, and then if people are like way different, it's almost like when you have a crazy storm, it's like, wow, we had a crazy storm. That was a different day. So if there's like one weird, super weird, different kind of person, like everybody's going to notice. But then I think uh, that... It's definitely something we have to nurture that we like accept people as long as you're being acceptable. Um, but yeah, I think it's in human nature to be anything. I don't know if humans have like a nature, you know, we could do. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of moral relativism, like through the millennia, with there's certain things that are right and wrong at certain times and in the future it's different. So who knows what's really like right and wrong, but... I don't know. Taking care of each other seems good. No more bullying. Yeah. Yeah, I have like a weird conflicted thing about bullying. Like, I definitely think it's bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, but it could but, be good. Well, Jonah I don't Bayer. think it's good, but I feel like it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, it happens and then you look back and as an adult and you're like, maybe it made me stronger. Like, not, not, not in a positive way, but you're For like, sure. I survived that yeah. and now I'm, you know, right. now I do this. I'm totally glad. I would never wish that on, like, my daughter or anyone in her generation. I do think we could do it better. Right. I remember I read something recently that was, like, about criticism and it was, like, uh, it was, like, a basketball coach and it was super zen. It was, like, um you you criticize to to help um improve the situation and not to hurt feelings mm-hmm. or you're critical you know it's more like the constructive thing because i think that's good and I, I try to do that to myself and i really try my best to be open to that when people tell me the things that i need to like do better like recently i had this thing in asbury park where i yelled at the whole crowd on stage because they were they were being loud and uh i shouldn't have done it that way like, I definitely still feel like they were being jerks, but that was not the way. I shouldn't have yelled at them. I was really drunk. We had a bucket of liquor backstage, and that's no excuse. I just fucked up. Um, and afterwards, you know, all my friends and who I was on tour with were like, hey, dude, like, what the F? And I was like, I know. Shoot. I'm so sorry. And then I had to, like, process all of it and be like, I'm sorry. Not Sorry. Sorry. You know, all of the above. And I'm like, I'm so happy that that happened. I learned so much from that. And it was just life being like, hey, dude, you know, you got to like walk slowly. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, it's interesting for me and Dan, I feel like, because like... Because we're hateful, angry people. Yeah. Well, I'm the same way, man. (laughs) I I I look look at the world and I'm like, no, don't do that. You know, Mm -hmm. I had this interesting thought on the way over here. I saw somebody that was... um, like uh clearly very religious and it sparked the thought in my mind and i'm like walking around like i look like a freak 
And I like had the thought in my mind. I saw the guy like look at me, and I was like, I wonder if this guy thinks I'm going to hell, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so it, it dawned on me. I was like, What does it matter if I am going to hell? Would it matter? You know, what does it matter to them? You know what I mean? That's kind right. of interesting. If the, if somebody thinks I'm going to go to hell, you know, what's the problem? And, unless I'm being a jerk and I'm like being hurtful. Right, right. right. But if I'm just like yeah, being I, myself, well, I don't see the not problem. To get into a whole religious uh, talk, but it, there does feel like from the religious people I know, like a sense of responsibility that comes with um, being Christian or whatever that like you have to save as many people as possible. I know, so, but like, I don't understand. Right. Yeah, no, I don't you know. I'm a Jew. I, we don't do that. I don't know. <laughs> what were you going to say before? Oh, I was going to say because like sort of the nature of our jobs in a way is criticism. Sure. So it's like, and I feel like as I've gotten older, I want, I write so many less reviews. Oh, like, for sure. I don't like doing reviews. I'm like, I'd rather make my own thing mm-hmm. than say what's wrong with like in reverie or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's by the way. I kind of came around on that record about like ten years later. (laughs) So sorry, I said it was a step backwards for you. Oh no, no, no! To the side. (laughs) It's like a whole record. It sounds like freakish. (laughs) But um, yeah, um, I think their criticism's really, really good. And I noticed that as a parent, like if you didn't say, "Hey, kiddo, you know that's not okay. You can't talk to grandma like that," or something. If I didn't, if somebody didn't step in, because we're not born with that like in innate instinct of i know how to be a good person mm-hmm. we're just like born as these sure. like blobs yeah when there a has kid to touches be like, like a hot stove they exactly. feel it instantly it's good for them to emotionally get that feedback from somebody that's like 100%. no that's wrong that's wrong and it doesn't feel good to be sure like told what to do but if we weren't all the other animals like pop out and they like know where to go get the food and like where's shelter you know and like don't go too far you know they just all get it and humans like pop out. We're just like, I don't know at all. <laughs> we have to like tame it. I still don't know. I, I don't listen- know either. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to this podcast yesterday with Whitney Cummings, and she was talking about like these theories where like humans used to be amphibious because like if you throw a baby in the water, it'll swim, and actually like when your fingers prune up, it makes it easier to grasp things, oh, but wild. no other wild, parts of your body get pruny. Like, huh. and it was like all this stuff that like they that's think cool. we were based in like amphibious and sort of transitioned over. Oh my gosh, that's cool. Yeah, I once had a vision of that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna say where or when or why, but I saw people climbing out of the ocean over like eons all over the world and then based on the climate of the place where they like popped up um they were like weathered and turned out to everybody looks and acts differently based on the climate where they crawled out of the ocean and that was my realization hmm. okay it was amsterdam <laughs> <laughs> and uh there was magic involved. do you do do you do do you have a lot of time to sort of just like think like that just sort of like do nothing else. I then. really do. It's awesome. I mean, I feel like. By the way, can you explain? Can you can you give detail as to how? Because I feel like Jonah and I talk a lot about how we're just bombarded by distraction by the nature yeah. of our job and just like. And I also yeah. think like it's so easy to get caught up in like, I mean that like petty shit. Yeah, just or like, not, yeah. like this person did this. This person did I that. Know. Like, totally. It, it's funny too because I feel like when we try to explain things to 
uh, like that are like that's in our little circle of like music and whatnot. When you try to explain it to just like a, a person who is like a teacher or something like that, they're like, Dan, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what are you talking <laughs> like, about? Like, what language are you talking? You know? Um, so yeah, I feel like Jonah and I bring you up often when we're like, man, like, what does Chris do? Does Chris yeah. just sit and think or uninterrupted or? Well, you know, I've been really, really lucky to be able to have a life where I'm allowed to be a bit of a dreamer, you know, and I definitely do not take it for granted, you know, so it's almost like I, I look at it as my job to be the best version of this guy where I get to have my head in the clouds and uh, play my little guitar and think about stuff and uh, really like just get to talk and be Chris um, and I do it constantly all the time like even on my way over here you know I'm like just being Chris you know I'm like walking down the street I could feel like gravity pulling me down I like love it the feeling of it um, like in my skin I'm like feeling my body like vibrating and then I'm like looking at the street and the people and hearing things and the trees and breathing and um, just constantly riding that and try to stay in touch with how my heart feels and less in my head. Um, and I do that everywhere I go, constantly. Um, and it's not something I cultivated. It happened because I had to practice to get out of mm-hmm. my worried mind. Do you I, still... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I feel like the thought that I have most frequently when I'm walking around is like, look at this asshole. For sure. I'm just like, this guy's walking too. so slow. Yeah, yeah. Like, this guy's yeah, driving this guy like an, an idiot. Like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? Like, yeah. that's what I'm always thinking. Dude, I, I feel like it would be such a such a uphill battle for me to, like, eradicate all of those thoughts to but get but to I the point know, where I can I start. don't try to eradicate the stuff, you know. I think mm-hmm. I found the clear mind by going with, going into the thoughts and stuff. And not, I didn't try to, like, clear the clear the decks or whatever mm-hmm. whatever the term is um and uh like most of the time when i'm walking around yeah i'll see the jerk you know and he's being like inconsiderate or some a parent that's like yelling at their kid which all parents do um or a kid that's being shitty to the parent and i'm just like don't do that you know most of the time i'm the jerk i'm like oh man I totally didn't get out of the way. That person was like right behind me the whole time and I was oblivious and I'm just like blocking their way. Shit. My bad. I think I'm more like my bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I mean, definitely um, exceedingly judgmental. It's like being, we've got judge parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got right. raised, you know? Yeah. I had like a. Really- Dan and I have judge parents. <laughs> yeah, we have judge. Our parents are judges. Yeah. They're not into the band judge. They're, no, they're not. <laughs> they're judicial. I uh, thought your parents like- were in Utah today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My dad is Porcel or whatever. I had like oh, a weird moment. Amazing. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> That'd be cool. I had a weird moment like that the other day. I was on the train and this like kind of older Asian guy got on and was like kind of like rubbing against me. And I was like, oh, this sucks. And then I got off the train and he had this like kind of heavy thing and I helped him. I was like, do you need help with that? And I helped him carry it. And he was like, so thankful. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, why was I such a fucking asshole? <laughs> yeah. Like, but this natural. I guess you know? so. But you feel like you have to, it is like good to catch it. Yeah. And be, like, that's what I try to do. Yeah. Stay mindful. Absolutely. But do you still. Like, I feel like especially with social media now, it's like people sort of present this version of themselves that they want people to think. I mean, even like sort of like 
as enlightened or whatever as you are, do you still have those moments where you're in bed and you still feel depressed or anxious? I mean, do you still... I don't feel a lot of depression. I don't feel a lot of ang- anxiety either. But And that's a function of just having practiced that mindful thing where I realized uh, this great quote from Dalai Lama I read like years ago. It's so simple because there are two kinds of worried thoughts, the ones you can do something about and the ones you can't. And that's basically like, that's how I live. So if I have a worried thought, which come come up all the time, what if the roof leaks again and I don't have money to pay, right? Right. Which could happen. I'm like, but it's not right, right now. So I, it's it's become very easy for me to just, in like the blink of an eye, just it's gone without having to fight. I'm just like, that's not true. Yeah. I just read a quote like that too. What was I reading? Something... What was it? It was something really cool. And the guy was like, if you're saying what if something, it means it hasn't happened. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ones where it's like, well, um, there, like he says, there's, there's the things you can do something about. Right. You know? And that's pretty easy. That's like pretty easy right there. I read something in terms of the online persona or whatever that we kind of create. It's not that dissimilar to like how you kind of present yourself to the world anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you, you know, you want to, put your best foot forward and you know shake hands and smile but you're not that way all the time right but i think you're able to edit it so yeah it's like you don't have those i read a cool thing about that though where somebody was saying that it's it actually helps people be more what they they do want to present to the world because once you put it out there you almost have to live up to it you know once you say oh i'm this person you know, oh, I'm I'm good in this way. Right. You kind yeah. of have to live up to that, you know, or you're like That's exposed as a sham. Constantly self-deprecating. Yeah, same here. Setting yeah. the bar exceedingly. <laughs> well, don't yeah, you, don't, I try not to have high expectations for myself. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think there's like a level of like, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but like a level of sort of ego inherent in that as well? Because I feel like, I've talked about this on the show before, I'll take a picture of a band and the picture will suck and I'll post it to be like, oh, I'm at this place. Right. right. Like, and it's, it's like, cool. well, it's cool, but it's also like, and maybe not with me, I'm not thinking this, but I think there's a level of like, I'm at this cool place, you're not, check it out. Right, I right. mean, or am I being just way too judgmental of myself? I mean, like... I may be, because yeah. it feels normal. I've been thinking about that because I really love being me. I really love it. It's like fun as hell. Um, and I'm like proud, you know, to be who I am. So I've, I've been thinking about that because people um, are almost like allergic, you know, to having pride. And there's this like the fine line between being like egomaniacal and also just being like, I like being who I am. Right. And I like what I'm doing right now. And this is cool. And then there, the aspect of like rubbing it in is a little different. Like rubbing it in, like, look what I get to do. That feels a little, that's like different. Um, I guess it's just your sort of intent or... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we all just kind of want to feel like valued, appreciated, you know, validated. You know, maybe we're just looking for that, like acceptance and like thumbs up Mm. from everyone. Even further to Jonah's point about... um, feeling almost guilty about like bragging about your life or whatever sometimes i i i've been doing this a lot lately is where i get to the point where i'm like you know like i am doing pretty well like things are going well like i'm happy with myself and then i'll just like immediately start being like yeah but that's because like you know if you were born in a different place or a different race or a different gender like 
you would have like you just start thinking about privilege and like just all the things that I'm like taking for granted. And then I'm like, well, how can I be so happy with myself when there's just like other people who are struggling because they're you know, and then you just like feel guilty by, it's by a mix. virtue. Yeah, it's, it's a mix. It's just so weird because once you're just like, okay, well, don't get too high on yourself because like you know you've had things pretty easy. Like, of course you are doing yeah. well. You know, feel for- to feel fortunate for it is good too. right like it's thankful almost, it's almost like yeah there's a fine line between fortunate and like guilt yeah you know like yeah definitely yeah. i think about that all the time um you know i'm living my like speed of life and chilling and stuff and i'll have like a record on really fucking loud and i'll like walk outside and i'm like i don't need to have the record on when i'm not listening to it but for some reason, I like to walk back in and it's still on. That's like a waste of electricity. That's not cool. That's bad. That's hurting the earth. You know, that's sucky. I do it. <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't know. When- it's like, I feel like as I'm getting older, I feel more comfortable with like conflicted, feel- yeah. <laughs> conflicted feelings. It's like simultaneously true. I'm like lucky and like I'm a dick. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> when you're listening to records at home, like what? What do you listen like? Are you listen to like Sunra or like Mouthpiece? Or oh, like- dude, all of the above. <laughs> it's so much fun. There's this amazing record store in Chico called Melody Records, and I'll go there, and you can buy like one dollar records or three dollar records, and I'll go and I'll get like two, and I'll just let my eyes do the shopping. You know, I'll just be like, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. What is this? And I'll go home and put it on, and it's <laughs> the weirdest thing ever. And the next day I'll do the same thing or I have like a stack of records that I haven't gotten to in a paper bag and I'll just pull one out randomly and set it on. Sometimes side two first. Um, I very much like that thing I was talking about earlier where I like to see how, what the world offers each day. Like it's like a surprise thing. I like to like just reach my hand in and see what comes out. I do that with books as well. I just have stacks of books, weird stuff great used bookstore in chico and i'll go in there and same thing dollar 50 book french poetry i don't read french <laughs> i'll sit there and i'll read it and but, i'm like "Ooh, it sounds nice <laughs> but it's funny too right when you think about it like you know jonah have you ever been to the thing on manhattan avenue there's i've walked past yeah it when there's I like a Point. salvation army type place in, in near here it's that, like down towards vitus sort of yeah right yeah, right yeah, yeah um it's like kind of across from vitus right so in the basement the basement is filled with more records than i've ever seen really in my life. it's so funny because we're sitting about three feet apart and if i tried to talk to you in the in this basement the sound wouldn't even go as far as you because it just dies with all of like the records around i want to go to there there. (laughs) yeah so but they're all just like i think they're all probably just like a dollar lp it's just like bulk you know what i mean but when you think about it in a way it's just like oh this is like just junk that's just been like discarded down here but then again it's like every one of them has been you know like that was a big piece of somebody's life that they like wrote it and then like got somebody to put it out and then put it out and recorded it like that's like every single one of these little slivers it's like the end of like raiders of the lost ark when they're just putting it away among all those like it's like buried treasure artifacts yeah it's buried treasure there's and it's like all over the world there's just random cool stuff books somebody wrote yeah that somebody like wanted somebody to pick up and like feel something and like understand something you know and it's, it's exciting i really like i really like that aspect like pick something up that you would never have thought 
to pick up and put it on, and you might be surprised. It's I found true. so many cool songs that way. Yeah. I think yeah. that's, like, a symptom, though, like, a, not a great symptom of, like, me and Dan, like, living where we do. It's, like, you have no fucking room for anything. Yeah. Well, that's true. You know, My, so I mean, it's, like, anytime I get something, I'm, like, where am I going to put this? The like, city also is just, do? like, overload in yeah. its options as well, you know, like, well, I feel like all we do is the... complain about New York on this podcast. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, what I'm getting at is, Chris, can me and Dan yeah, move in move with you? In. You absolutely can. Hell you should yeah. come for a retreat. Yeah. All right. Seriously. because I've got. There's bunk beds built into the wall. It's like Ooh. Saves the Day headquarters. Oh, yeah? Let's Bands come and stay. It is really, really cool. Yeah, we'll take care of it. Yeah, we we'll won't ruin anything. Yeah. <laughs> Jonah. Sorry. <laughs> when he's out there. Yeah. When we try great. to do the world's longest podcast, you can do it there. Because you oh, can yeah. take breaks in the bunks. I forgot about that. We were talking about that with Jeff last yeah. time. Yeah. It's no fun. one else tried to do it before we do yeah, it. Yeah, don't try to do it. 49 hours is yeah. what... <laughs> That's, I think 48 hours, or 49 is what somebody already did, a 49-hour okay. podcast. 49 hours. And go for 50. Ooh. Long weekend in Chico. Yeah, let's do it. I hope you have a lot of coffee. So much coffee. <laughs> Great espresso machine. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll drink seven shots a day. <laughs> I definitely stay fired up. Yeah? Do you need some more? No. <laughs> okay. I've had two shots of espresso and now a cold brew. Okay. Yeah, that's... I've just hey, been yeah. in getting into coffee recently. Yeah? Jonah comes... To the office and avails himself I, of the I, coffee. I, Dude, I, how about cold brew? Cold brew is good. Right. I come to Dan has an incredible coffee machine in his office. Oh, I don't yeah? know if you've seen it. No, it's like jealous. Blue Go bottle beans, and it'll make like any kind of drink. And oh, I'll man. come by the office and I'll be like. Dan, I had an idea for this store, and he'll be like, just go get coffee. <laughs> like, he's like, you don't have to pretend that you came here to <laughs> talk so to us. That's so great. I'll be like, so do we need to meet about this? He's like, <laughs> oh, dude, you can just coffee. stop making that this is up. Yeah, it's so a good. Yeah. yeah. Touch, oh, I love touch it. screen and everything. Yeah, it's got a touch screen. It's, it's, it's a magic it's great. substance. Yeah. yeah. I need to invest in, like, a decent coffee maker. Yeah. I, yeah. I have, like, inst- I have, like, that cold, not cold brew, but, like, you know what the fridge they have just, like, pre- I forget what it's even called, like coffee that you just sort of like drink cold, like sort of like frappuccino. Okay. I don't know. But not it's not good. Not frappuccino. Like, I Is don't it know. Like I'm sweet? not a coffee expert. You guys are good. Coffee's fun. Yeah. Oh. I haven't like learned about it yet. You know what's oh, weird man. about coffee though? Like I drink it. I'm drinking it now. I drink it all the time. I don't, maybe I'm just like out of touch with myself, but I don't feel like it makes me more awake. No, mm. not at all for Like me. I just feel like it like. Jittery? <laughs> what's that? Jittery? No, I just feel like it doesn't do anything. I'll drink. Like, I just <laughs> like the way it's many times saturation. Many times where I've drank coffee and then literally taken a nap, like right yeah. afterwards. That's the uh, Japanese power nap, but shot of espresso and then you lay down for 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up, shot out of a cannon. Oh, because it takes it a takes while like to kick long. in, yeah. right? Oh. Yeah. That is a good idea. I'm Come online as it's like kicking yeah. in. Oh, that's that a That is idea. a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I need one that kicks in in like eight hours so that when I go to sleep at night, when uh, I wake up at eight, it's that's just the problem. I kind of resent having to sleep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's, yeah. do you I have, want do to. you have problem sleeping? Yeah, I don't, I don't sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I sleep like in little windows, maybe three hours at a time. Yeah. Yeah. It's and then in between, cool. do you just like lie in bed or do you get up and do stuff? Um, I have, typically I'll put on like uh, Joseph Campbell lectures. You um, love Joseph Campbell. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with him. And um, I'll put those on and um, like either shuffle them or listen to whole lectures. Um, and there's like a ton on iTunes. Okay. And um, 
that usually like I'll wake up and I'll be like intrigued by what he's talking about. And then I'll find myself back asleep. Three hours later, I'm up. He's talking about something else. The goddess. I'm like, okay, cool. Fall asleep, wake up. He's talking about schizophrenia. I'm like, weird. <laughs> um, and that that's cool. Because then if I, if I don't have like something in the background, um, I really don't like sitting there in the quiet. I do enough of that already. Right, know? right. And like I'm, I do it if I want, but I don't, I don't want to choose to sit there in the quiet, you know. Sometimes I'll just be like, okay, I'll just sit here and like feel my body. Great, same, done this before, <laughs> you know. And then I just like watch the thoughts, let them, let them fizzle out. Is that what keeps? Is that what keeps you up? That you can't like. You have too many thoughts. Sometimes, or... yeah, my brain's just racing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to shut it off. It like, is, yeah, yeah, it is, and I like it. You know, I like to watch where it goes. You know, like because m- my mind will race uh, when typically like thinking about these projects I'm working on. That's where I like to use my mind for like the artistic stuff. So typically, if like if I'm writing a Saves a Day record, um, like I just get so like psyched on it that I get very little sleep and like my brain is like just churning you know and then i can't stop it but that's really really fun that's when i resent sleep the most um but yeah other than that sometimes it'll I'll, i'm a light sleeper so like a bird will drop an acorn or a seed on the house and i'll hear it <laughs> you know and a squirrel will run across the gutter I'm like, what was that? Great, I'm up. Oh, man. That's funny. <laughs> What's Joseph Campbell talking about? They're doing construction next door to me, and I will actively just, like, sleep through whatever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, wow. Whatever. Envious. Like, jackhammering. Like, I'm just Envious. Yeah. They're doing, they're, like, building a whole new city outside, <laughs> outside <laughs> the Airbnb that they got me. And, man, it's gnarly. I'll wake up, and I'll be like, are, did the Transformers just get here? Like, you mean here? Yeah. Like, okay. Is the building going to walk away? <laughs> it sounds like it's like getting up um, and moving its legs. It's, I don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> um, I can't sleep through that. Yeah. At all. Um, and then it means it's rare for me that I want to sleep, which is cool. I do like that. Mm. I'd rather be like cruising on life. But I like I like sleep as a reminder of like the uh the higher powers, you know, of nature. You know? You're like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." Right, right, right. Every Thank ta- you. Every Good time reminder. I, I fall asleep like I can't believe it. I was like I was just lying in bed like hoping this would happen and I don't, <laughs> and I don't remember it happening, right. but it, now it's like 8 hours later. So. How does it happen? It's mysterious. <laughs> yeah, totally takes you away. I remember when my daughter was, uh, I might have talked about this on one of these podcasts. My daughter was really, really young and first experiencing life. Like all babies, she'd cry when she's hungry and and cry when she was tired and stuff like that, right? And uh, you're like so, so exhausted as a young parent. You're just like, what is going on? So finally one day I was just like, okay, I got to understand like what what is all this crying about? Because I've at some point after a few months, I was like, okay, when you're hungry, you get fed. <laughs> you have to go to the bathroom, you go to the bathroom, done. You sleep, you sleep, you wake up, you'll have another day. 
So the one with sleep, so I put myself uh, as a test, I put myself through all the things that she would cry about to see what it might be like for her. So without knowing that you could eat to satisfy your hunger, what does hunger feel like? Sucks. (laughs) Same thing with having to relieve yourself. Sucks. Hurts. You got to pee? It hurts. It sucks. Right. And she would like cry. So with sleep... Um, I, like you're saying, all of a sudden you're, you're asleep and you don't know how it happened. I try, I fought to stay awake. I like, because that's what she was doing. She was like trying to stay awake and she's like, I don't want to fall asleep, you know? And, uh, I made myself try to stay awake as long as I possibly could, like fighting with sleep. And then when it was finally like taking me under i realized it felt like if you didn't know for sure that you're gonna just like get to wake up after however many hours it feels like your life is being taken away from you and that's what it felt like it felt like almost like uh like dying or something so that was my realization with sleep like it's uh it's your it's your life being taken from you which is terrifying yeah you know i think it's just like a it's like a wink from the universe. Like, <laughs> you think you're so. You, it's like the thing with Job, right? Uh, at the end of all his trials, like he finally meets with God, and God's like, "Oh yeah, you think you're so good and spiritual? Like, I uh, can you put harpoons through Leviathan's mouth? I did. I. What can you do? You're just a little worm. Yeah. So, the universe <laughs> reminds you with sleep. You're just a little worm. Man. <laughs> and then in the morning you gotta sound the alarm yeah man Damn ready to job. go rooster <laughs> yeah <laughs> we need to, i wish this was like a video podcast so we could have like a pun counter on the bottom for how many puns Joan, jonah puts in it's this. true it's true <laughs> like just a ding every time the number goes it'd, up yeah, it'd be a good series meditation series let's talk to viceland yeah, yeah. let's talk to viceland just, like we want to put people on tv doing nothing like <laughs> let's just get weird what yeah. if there's some sort of weird let's show just sit there and it'll just be a close-up shot of chris just not doing anything for half an hour I'm just going to talk to freaks everywhere <laughs> i would like i would watch a show that took place like in your mind yeah let's go that. to there let's go <laughs> i want to go to there right now <laughs> I mean, do you, I mean, like, let's talk, like, so you were mentioning that thing earlier about, like, um, what was that in the Who's a Band thing when you got yeah. at the audience? I mean, what, like, that part, do you feel like that part is still in you, that, like, frustrated part, or do you think it's, like, certain situations Definitely. can still draw that out of you? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. I mean, people should have, they were being absolutely disrespectful. It so was, someone else was playing? We were all up there on stage. It was you, Matt it was, Pryor? It was me and Matt Pryor, Anthony Ranieri, um, Dan Andreano, and um, Andy Jackson from High Rod Circuit. And the, f- the five of us were on stage all together sitting in stools and each we would take a turn playing a song you know going down the line and uh since we were in new jersey um you know not to toot the horn but people were singing all of chris's songs and talking during everybody else's songs it was exceedingly rude right and and these songs were so special to me they're not only my good friends but these songs have changed my life you know andy's playing a song that's like you know making me feel misty and uh, people are just talking and being jerks. And I finally was just like, this is not okay. You guys are being assholes. Like, we're all up here playing these songs for you, away from our families. Um, and you're being rude. You know? I was like, what is this? Like, 
being awesome 101 how like do you have to learn how to be like a cool audience member like what is the deal this is a cool show shut the fuck up and uh damn right somebody should have said it i i said it and i don't feel good at all about how i said how i said it because uh i was way too drunk it was not good it was if you watch the video it's kind of funny but uh it is that's, funny because I feel like Matt keeps being like, all right. I, and that, that <laughs> I feel terrible about. You know, that that stuff I feel really bad about in terms of like my friends. You know, I kind of hung them out to dry and they were trying to get the show back on track and I was just off the rails. But you're also sort of sticking up for them. I absolutely was. Like, I feel good about my intention, right. but I really blew it. And that's something I, it doesn't feel good, but I'm comfortable. I mean, I've been like a mess of a human forever. So I like, I like to learn how to be better. Um, and I hopefully won't get myself in positions like that anymore. And, you know, a lot of that after reflecting on that, um, uh, I found that I was like really sad still about how people aren't nice to each other, you know? And it's like, that's, I think I realized that like, that's my deepest um wish you know is like happiness and you can't happiness is whole it's not partial it has to be all inclusive everyone has to be there you know if as long as there's one person that's bummed it's not whole it's not happiness you know and um i think that's like hopefully the mission for the world because eventually get like figure out how to make everybody happy we can I mean, it's definitely a spiritual problem. I mean, there's practical p- aspects of happiness when you people aren't being fed and they're s- sick and starving and yeah. dying. That's fucked. Isn't it always crazy to me that, like, um, when you just look at things that are going on in, like, a large-scale level with countries, you know, when you think of, like, people are neglecting Syrian refugees or, like, Palestine and Israel, you know, just, like, people that just historically do not get along and it's just like man like why would you like you're a person you understand what it's like to be put upon and miserable like why would you inflict that upon somebody and it's just like so weird that that's not like a nature thing for us to be like we should make everybody else feel happy like there's a unifying thing where everybody wants to feel happy yeah and and be at peace like why do we disrupt that for people yeah man i feel like some of it so much of it is like water under the bridge from like forever ago you know somebody bought me uh some book from beirut to jerusalem maybe something Mm -hmm. like that and it starts off with an excerpt from i feel like huckleberry finn or something that's like um this part where it's like somebody's talking about a family feud like well grandpa you know hated the smiths and uh, the smiths hated grandpa and then uh you know uncle joe you know hated uncle smith guy and uh we hate them and they hate us and then someone's like well how did it all get started why did grandpa hate you know the other guy like well nobody remembers now but (laughs) Yeah, I guess a lot of it is just like institutionalized hatred that yeah, we have. But like, if we forever just like ago think started. of it on a level, it's funny because I th- I don't I I in knowing you especially like I think of you whenever I try to be like more meditative and I have like an app that keeps me focused on meditating. Yeah, yeah. 
And like, you know, you just sort of sit there and relax and it like tells you when, it, especially like if you're miserable, one of the ones that it has is just like a woman just like talking and just like reminding you, she keeps saying something like, keep in mind that everyone on earth, every, like everyone you encounter wants the same thing is to live like a happy life, yeah. like free of conflict. So like a lot of times if I feel like I'm being a dick throughout the day, especially like towards somebody, I'm just like, ah, like okay, like, I don't know what's going on for them. Like, I should just stop. Yeah, yeah. I try to do that, too, as much as I can. And I think it's probably, it's, um, like, maybe it's good for, like, people that can have that perspective to really try to um, make ourselves better, you know, instead of, like, trying to change someone that might be, like, just enmeshed, you know, in, 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 in some sort of part of the world or down the street where they're in some abusive relationship and it's just terrible they're just miserable you know like maybe we can't go to their house and go like you need to change but like we could definitely do as much as we can for ourselves you know to make ourselves better and like maybe that's like the best we can do if unless people are like hey can you help me you know what i mean right but i don't know i feel like i'm i'm optimistic for the future i feel like it's hopefully part of like the world agenda to address these problems right i mean we don't want to live that way yeah i mean but it's funny then because not uh, to like drag this into a whole political discussion but you know when you see somebody like donald trump rising in popularity it's because people are just like angry with other people and he's so very good angry. at just tapping into that like just xenophobia and yeah. just like our problems are Mexicans. That's what, what it right. is. And people like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I will dump all of my hatred on this on this group of people. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because like, they don't know where so to that, put it. So stuff like that always makes me think, like, is it in our nature to be peaceful or is it more in our nature to, like... I wonder... Yeah, yeah, I like that. I wonder if it's, like, less in our nature to know how to face our own disappointment and unhappiness so we look to blame like instantly we look to blame something and uh and there might be something to blame but um in my own experience i found that there was like a root in me that was like very sad you know and that was always looking to blame once i got in touch with the hurt and like helped myself feel better um there's much less to blame you know what I mean? And then it would be situational. If somebody was a jerk in a situation, then, hey, man, that wasn't nice. But then I'd go back to the hurt inside and, and heal that, like hold myself in that. I do a lot of crying. Mm. It's awesome. I can't do it. I never no? do. Yeah. yeah. No. I want to. Oh, I, which is I will. I, the only times I cry is so weird. Like I cried three times during watching that movie Gran Torino by myself in the theater. Awesome. <laughs> and I think like, and then like a couple other things, but that's really the most I've cried in like 10 years. Oh, like funerals, great. everything. Like for yeah. some reason that Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> you seen it? I don't know what no, it was I'm gonna, about I want to watch it's, it. Man. I'm going to cry in ocean. It was like, I watched Cars 2 and holy shit. Dude, I'm like, telling you, it's like, it's Clint Eastwood has this like relationship with this like young kid and like he's racist, but then they like, whatever. That's I don't funny. know. Oh, there dude, are times no, I... when I like uh, feel like crying would make me feel better. 
and I will like try to embrace what like just the anxiety and sadness that I have, but it like just doesn't manifest itself that way. Like I genuinely want to. Like it almost feels like a like you have to sneeze. Yeah, and totally. like, oh, I think if I Good if analogy. I cried. That would just feel better, you know? And I'm just like, okay, like... Oh. You should be a writer, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking more, it's like, oh, when you need to throw up. Yeah, when you need to barf. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, yeah, it just doesn't... Emotional uh, doesn't vomit. doesn't come, like, I don't... I haven't, like, had a, like, longer than, like, five-second, like, feeling of crying in, like, years. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's healthy or like manly or anything like that. I'm I would like to cry to be honest. I can't. It blows my mind like <laughs> actors and stuff who can just like oh, turn actually, it on. Hold yeah. on. Hold on. That's that's crazy. I you know that you know that uh 30 rock line where Alec Baldwin's like I fart once a year on top of a mountain for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I cry once a year and I let it out actually. Every December 23rd, I watch It's a Wonderful Life. And I wet it out. Oh, I like that's good. Because that good movie ritual. just like that should just do it. Hits you, you know. <laughs> and then and then the rest of the year, I'm alright. That gets it done. Yeah, I found when I was doing re- the meditation to like really heal myself, I, I found hurt that was there from like 20 years ago, and all it just needed to be cried out. When you so it could be a once a year thing, once every 20 that, years. Like, do you mean like? Do you remember specific instances in your it past? Wasn't, or like it wasn't so much. Yeah, it or? was like, um, it was almost like, I remember it was like, it appeared to me uh, as um, this iceberg of frozen tears. It was like an iceberg in the middle of this ocean that had no horizon. And, um, and I suddenly realized, like, I felt, I just felt this sadness that, and I just started crying and um and it was like the iceberg was melting and as i was i cried for i have no idea how, how long but it was like i went i was like down on the floor you know couldn't hold myself up and i was like crying for like mothers that had lost their children like a thousand years ago it felt like just this bundle of sadness like it wasn't specific moments of like that kid teased me on the playground mm-hmm. it was just like all of the emotions that never got um um noticed or uh like i had to stuff them down i didn't know how to deal with them or somebody said you know buck up you know what do you have to be sad about blah 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 or uh the things that people don't know how to soothe you mm-hmm. over you know it was just all bundled up, and it was this iceberg, and that was a great, great moment. But how do oh, you, I loved it. I guess we already talked about this a little, but like, how do you sort of reconcile like this mentality with like, I gotta take my kid to school, I gotta pay the electric bill, I gotta mm. get my oil changed, right, the real like, life, yeah, versus, like how like, totally how do those? Because it seems like you could just go off into that and just sort of be in your own world so much. Definitely, but there's also yeah, but, yeah well, like, that's a I, good question, huh? If I knew anybody that would just evaporate into a thought, it would be Chris. Yeah, but I, I feel like, like you, you, you think tell you what, I've had moments where I'm just like, I'm just going to just dissolve into my molecules right now. <laughs> um, but then you have things that remind you like you're here in the physical world. But that's but being a dad is very much like um, so grounding. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's so much, so much a part of me, so much a part of my life that I really care about and feel lucky to have. Um and on top of that, my family and friends and 
playing music. Like I love, I love what I get to do so much. Um, and I own home. So you got to like remember to pay the bills. And like I said, I set a thousand alarms a day. Like I really, if you looked at my phone, there's like, there's an alarm preset for, uh, from midnight to midnight every five minutes, you know, and I'll be able to like set it if I need to do something. I'll be like 10 o'clock, 10.05, 10.10, 10.15, 10.20. otherwise I will forget. Like I really do completely space out. And, uh, and I, I like, I like being in that place, but yeah, I don't want to dissolve into my molecules. There's plenty of stuff I want to do <laughs> and I have to do. Got to get my daughter from school. Right. That's like my favorite, those, those, that's my favorite responsibility. The paying the bills and stuff, like, I mean, if like the bank forecloses in my home, I'm not going to like go hang myself, you know? You How know? do you deal with like hardships and like general things that are beyond the window in your door, you know, like harder, th- oh, like death man. and, and things like that? It sucks. I mean, geez, the worst. My stepmother died a couple of years ago and I think about her all the time, you know, cry. Sometimes I'll think about her and uh, just like, I'll kind of feel like, what would you say right now? Like, what would you be able to tell me right now? And I can just feel her, you know, what she would say. Um, but I very much allow myself to feel everything. So if it's like any aspect of what you might feel, it's like pain, grief, you know, frustration, like all that stuff, you know? So I think, um, like fighting to feel a certain way is not how I do the dance. I'm like, how do I feel? But how do you know? How do I feel? How do you know how you feel? I lean into it. Okay. Because um, I feel like all the time people are like, are you hungry? I'm like, I don't know. I, like, <laughs> am I? That one, yeah. Or like, I mean, that's just one example. That one's, but... yeah, easier because the, the beacon of the like growling stomach. Right, right. But like, yeah, in terms of like emotional stuff, um, I found that so much of it was actually in my, grounded in the my physical um, experience of life like in the body if you're like tense like if you're worried about something I notice through meditation like you tense up I mean, we, you know you notice that if you take take a second to like tune into your body totally it's like all like clenched around bones and stuff yeah. I notice that like if I take a second and just like relax the feelings the thoughts are all there and they come to the surface and my body's trying to protect me you know it's trying to like almost like brace itself and I'm like, okay, well, what's going on? What are we trying? What are we like avoiding or hiding or something? And I find that it's already there, you know, um, very much like um, how you can't deny what the weather is. You know, all you have to do is just like s- stick your head outside. But for me, it's like, okay, what's the weather like inside? In you know, internally. And I I didn't ever realize how connected like f- the physical being was with the emotional thing. Yeah, and my therapist has told me stuff like because I do that too. Like I feel like my jaw or like yeah. my shoulders and shoulders, sh- shoulders, and she'll be like, "That's actually like um, from like a long time ago, like exactly. humans when they were being attacked or something, or like that's like a defensive right, move, right? And it's sort of like in your biology, totally, totally, yeah." 
I found that too. And I do that constantly. Like I had so much stored up tension that I have to kind of like all day long be like focused on it to like relax it. Because I developed like this kind of thing when I was a right. kid. Just like hunched up and protecting my, like bracing from all the like jerks. Um, Yeah. And just like, like relaxing into life is for me like the thing. What? The, the way. Hi. It's, a, <laughs> it's one of Chris's da- many It's Danny ones. Bowen. Ah. <laughs> the what, king. What do you... Say what's up to Danny for us. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I'll get to it. <laughs> what do Hi, you, Danny. What do you do, like, when you try to sit down to meditate and it just, like, isn't happening? Like, it's just thoughts are coming in. I mean, like, what... How do you sort of... I don't know that I feel that that much. Really? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've been practicing trained for yourself. so long. Yeah. yeah. So that like, cause I feel like that's the easy thing to get hung up on. And then people are like, I just can't, like you talk to so many people and you're like, I just try meditating. They're like, yeah, I can't do that. I don't. Yeah. And I don't think it has to be just like sitting there for me that can, like I did that a long time ago to like really start. And I still do that for sure. Um, I'll sit there for like 10 minutes and not a long time. I don't really do that 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 much anymore. For me, it's like, I think you could do it walking around, mm-hmm. reading a book. There's a Joseph Campbell quote where somebody asked him, uh, Joe, what's your yoga? And he said, underlining sentences. I thought that was cool. He's like, he loves reading. You know, he's like a deep thinker. That's his yoga. Yeah. I thought that was cool. It's not like you have to tie yourself up in a knot somewhere. Right. Jonah always teases me about going to the gym, but that's really the primary reason that i enjoy it at this point is just oh it's like, so i don't yeah, have, i don't keep my phone on me yeah i don't like have anything except uh you know just like that moment in front of me and just yeah you think you get you you think a lot a lot of times if i have to like solve a problem i'll go to a, i'll go to the gym yeah totally there's an einstein thing where he's like i he goes i've had some of my deepest realizations on the couch mm. like reclined on the couch not like at the drawing board. It's yeah. pretty cool, just like chilling. But anything that could get you in that that place in your mind where you're not like just back and forth with the thoughts. It can be walking, it can be hanging out with the dog, or like listening to the birds or something. Just yeah. lame stuff. I, I mean, I feel like another thing like I struggle with sometimes is like. You know, we sort of talked about, like, alcohol, like, drugs, whatever. I mean, I feel like in some ways they can be, like, so expanding, but in other ways they can be so, like, limiting. Totally. I mean, and that's, like, a tough thing always for, I mean, maybe not for Dan as much, but for me, I'm always like, what, is this going to help me write or is this going to make me want to just, like, watch, like, UHF and fall asleep on the couch? UHF, nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. And, you know, I'm like... I really want to be um, like on the razor's edge of of life, you know, doing my best. And I don't always do that, you know. Like I like drinking a lot and um, other things. And uh, but really, like I want to feel good, you know. And then I notice, like for me, like the over drinking. Like I notice when I don't feel good. Right. And I do a ton of fasting. Because, like, I'm like, man, I just, like, drank a thousand beers. Right. Like, I got to give it 
a rest. So how long would, just, like, would you drink. fast for? The longest I've ever fasted was 10 days on just water. That was really, really cool. But typically, um, because I don't want to just like not do the things that I like doing, like drinking seven shots of espresso or something, um, I'll just like notice when I feel when I don't feel good, you know. And that could be emotional too. If I'm like stressed and I'm not um, as easily clearing out all the worried thoughts, when the worried thoughts are like coming more frequently. You know, in certain moments, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to take 24 hours off uh, the coffee and the beer and everything. Just drink water. Um, And that that really helps because I'm not like a square, um, but I really value feeling good. You know, that's like crucial. Yeah. So it's like the whole moderation thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's a work in process for me yeah oof <laughs> i came in here this morning i was like Ooh, i had a danny fed me a bunch of margaritas last night ouch yeah. they're they take care of you know over at the cantina mission cantina mm-hmm. it's true love you those, guys love so much margaritas over there oh man they're so good I'll tell you what <laughs> it's a problem so anyways this podcast sponsored by mission cantina yeah, yeah. Check, it out. check out mission chinese mission cantina mission chinese Danny Bowen. Yeah, I'm sure he really needs our help. Yeah, right? right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's probably in a meeting with like Kellogg's right now. <laughs> so what else What else you've going on? You're working on dark uh, stuff? Yeah, I'm working on a side project with Maximum Say Anything. We do a band called Two Tongues, and we're working on our second album right now. We did about two weeks in Tyler, Texas. Okay. Uh, maybe a month ago. And we're when gonna did do the a, last record come out? A while ago, right? Yeah, it was like 2008, I think, okay. or 9-ish. A long time ago. And because of the nature of our schedules, we haven't had time to get together until this year. So we finally did that. And uh, the songs are really, really cool. We're going to do another two weeks in June and then mix it. And then after that, um, going, we're going to do the Narcs record here in New York. Very psyched. Maybe here. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, maybe. Um, Let's talk. Yeah. We're going to do the Narcs record in July. And then um, Saves the Day is doing the FYF Fest in August, which I'm really, really psyched for. We're going to play all of Stay What You Are. Nice. And uh, that's a cool festival. You guys should make it out west for that. Where it's in LA? Yeah, nearby. I think nearish. Like Kendrick Lamar is playing. It's going to be so sick. You had me at Stay What You Are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then uh, the guys are going to stay out west, and we're going to do writing. Um, and there's a potential tour in September that I probably ought not to talk about. But then there's definitely a Two Tongues tour in October, maybe November. So we're going to put out the Two Tongues record in the fall, tour on it, which I'm so psyched about. I get to just be like singer guy. And Max and I are like dual singers. Mm. So it's uh, it's just going to be pure fun. And then um, that'll take us to like right before Christmas, right after Thanksgiving. And then we will make the Saves the Day record. And then that will come out, or I'd say spring. And next April 17th is uh, the 20th anniversary of Saves the Day. So I'm pretty psyched about that. So that's as far as I've really, well, that's not true. Yeah, I've looked far. farther. I look farther. I want to do a solo album, 
And uh, I have another side project with a friend of mine, um, which is some of the best music I've ever been a part of. And uh, I'm going to try to make that happen next summer. Solo record, another side project. Narcs touring. Two tongues. Saves the day. 20th anniversary. Fun. Friends. Family. Life. All right. Whew. Chris Conley and Dan Ozzy. It's a good uh good mix yeah, up there. It's a good mix. Um yeah, Chris is amazing. If you haven't checked out Saves Today, I would man. I like what, all their records. What, what yeah, what should they check out? I think probably the be- uh, Gateway, I'm I'm gonna say stay what you are. I mean that record is just it's very pop, it's very timeless. You know, it is twenty sixteen. Maybe you should just give them one song. I like um what is it? This is not an exit. That's that's my jam. I actually did a podcast. Um, let me shout out another podcast. I did uh, my friend Adam's podcast called Your Favorite Album, and I didn't know what album to talk about because I don't really have like a favorite album. And I was like, well, the album I think I know the most about is Stay What You Are because I did a cover story and Saves the Day for Alternative Press in like 2000 when it came out. I've listened to it a million times. I'm friends with them. So that was the album I did. And they played this and that. And yeah, it's, I had so much to say about it. And But I would also say Through Being Cool... Um, as far as just like a melodic, super catchy punk album. Amazing. Another side fun note, uh, someone from the interior art of Through Being Cool, I'm not going to say who, uh, is going to be on an episode of Coming Off Track coming up in the next month that we already recorded. And her name rhymes with Parapluitin. <laughs> um, so, that, so that's exciting too. But yeah, definitely check out Saves the Day. Check out all Chris's side projects. Definitely, most importantly, follow Chris on Twitter. His Twitter feed is incredible. Also, I guess if if you like want to follow Dan Ozzy, you can. <laughs> but like I'm, you know, you can. <laughs> but Chris's is amazing. Uh, and you can follow Going Off Track on Twitter. Yeah. Um, you can also follow Brad at Soundwag. You can follow me. At, my name is Jonah. Um, you can also go to goingofftrack.com and donate a few dollars um, to keep up our server costs for these two hundred. And 14, 14 or so episodes that are taking up way too much space. Uh, or if you don't want to give us any money, totally cool. Leave us a nice review on iTunes. That'll help. Maybe someone will want to advertise. If you want to advertise, get in touch. Or if you just want to like email us a nice note or tell your friends about the podcast, that's, that's great too. This is a, a labor of love for us. So thanks to Chris and Dan for coming by. Thanks for Rubber Tracks for having us. And we'll have another really, really cool podcast next week. Will we? Yes. Yeah, yes. Okay, we will. See you then. <laughs> okay, hope you enjoyed that podcast. A couple months after we recorded this podcast with Chris, someone from Chorus FM hit me up to do a song for a forum tribute they're doing over there. So in a couple hours, I recorded the song Band from the Back Porch with Brad on production, mix, and percussion. And uh, yeah, we did it at Rubber Tracks. It was super fun. Um, it's available if you go to Chorus FM's music forum. Or you can listen to it here now. And there's also a cool sample from Chris at the end of this song, which is from one of our many interviews. I'm not even sure if it's out. So enjoy.
born in this place where we're not thinking. We're in the moment. We're in bliss. We're a very little person. We're not. It, it doesn't even matter if we're crying and hungry. We don't think twice about that. We're just in the moment. There's no analytical part. As soon as we eat that fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong, do this, don't do that, we're out. We're out of the garden. But the other thing I don't talk about that much is there's another tree that's the way back in. And it's like the unified one where you're not in between or you're not going back and forth with good and evil. 